You can tell we are Christians by our love, by our love. You can tell. No, it's yes, uh, oh. we know that we are Christians <laughs> by our love. I can't believe you know that song, too. So, little known fact, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, there was a four to five month period where I sang on the Thornville Baptist Choir. Oh, yeah? Yes. Jess and, and it was I a fun time. used to sing that song, but making fun of <laughs> everything, anything and everything. Yes, we know that we are Christians by our potlucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Are, you can tell we murdered Indians because we stole their song. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, is, that a, is that a Native American song? It sounds like one. No, it's just got a lot of bass to it. It's... I don't know. As as somebody who used to sing bass in a church choir, yeah, that song's got it's it's all on me. It's yeah. all on the bass. There it's was two of us: the pastor and me. Like he was in the choir, and we used to sit. Let's hear to, some bass. Uh, <laughs> I don't even. What song is that? Is that Santa Baby? I don't. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's like an early 90s pop song. That's what it sounds like. I don't know. With this this Was episode that Spice is, Girls? Maybe it is. Is uh, that? Tell me what you want, what, what you, you really, really, really want. That is. Oh, my Lord. That, should we just quit recording this? Yes, I don't know should. if anybody is listening. So, no, point. I got to tell this story. I got to tell this story. So my, so my wife is in the kitchen with Dinah. Um, <laughs> my wife is in the kitchen and I don't know why I did this I started humming the best of both worlds Miley Cyrus theme song from when she had her show Hannah Montana I, I just started that. humming it and it, it was almost like a gorilla tactic because I just kind of did like a couple bars and then walked away and then Shauna is like singing it in the kitchen <laughs> and she's like I don't know why I got that song stuck in my Just head. And I'm like, I know why you got that song stuck in your head. You subliminally plant those. It's Inception. It's exactly yeah. what Leonardo DiCaprio did in the movie Inception. Man, when I watched Inception, I kept falling asleep. What? Yeah. Because you wanted to dream? I know. I was watched it when I was really tired. But then I'd wake up and it just really jacked that movie up. To you need that Was I dreaming so watching the movie? The dream within a dream within a dream that that I don't want to ruin the movie for anybody, but you need to watch it. It's one of Christopher Nolan's best works, in my opinion. But we are we started off with Spice Girls, and now we're on to Christopher Nolan movies. We started off with a classic hymn. <laughs> Is that a hymn? Yeah, that's a I hymn. Mean, it We've was sang- in the hymnal. You know what I was... So here's a question real quick before we jump into the, the actual meat and potatoes of the episode. What constitutes a hymn? I don't know. Like what makes a song a hymn? Um, oh my gosh, we had at the Church of Christ we had a distinction for this because because God's great dance floor isn't a hymn. <laughs> no, definitely not. But it's got musical. How deep the Father's it. love so, is a hymn? Is it the theological? Is there a great dance floor up in heaven? Getting together, singing songs and hymns. I mean, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And spiritual Are you songs. talking the, the Ephesians reference? Uh, I think so. I think that's a, is that Ephesians? Yeah, I don't know. It's been a while. 
It's been a while. <laughs> I do that all the time, too. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. You have to. Oh, man. But anyway, so, Jason, the reason why we completely got derailed. Dang it. Hold on. I feel like you're derailing your derailment. I'm de- yeah, this train is... It's it's worse than a derailed train. It's a train that's derailing over and over and over. And yeah, over again. several times. So the reason why we started off, we know we are Christians. Him, acapella style, which was beautiful, by the way. Your bass sounds amazing. Yeah. Is Jason and I, you know, we we kind of got thinking about what we wanted to record tonight, and this is just going to be Jason, Alex, off the cuff, completely uncut, unedited, but talking about a topic. What is a Christian? Jason, have you ever had uh, anybody accuse you of not being a Christian because of something that you did? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I kind of setting you up. I have a letter <laughs> declaring that I'm not a Christian. Oh, yes. From, letter of apostasy. <laughs> from a congregation on the other side of town. Yeah, this, one's, this one strikes home. Am I a Christian? I don't even know. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know. Uh, I I can't say that I've ever come across it. I've been accused of being very immature Christian because I had tattoos and also because I wasn't reading New King James. I also have been accused of reading other prefer- – not being a, a mature Christian because I wasn't reading the King James. So I'm very confused. Which one is it? Should I read the New King James or just the regular King James? I'm confused. Or should I go way old school and go to 1611 King James, which is completely different than the King James that we have today? Yeah. I'm confused. You're just on that milk, buddy. It's time to... <laughs> it's time to get that solid food, time, son. Yeah. <laughs> read your John MacArthur study Bible. It's time to turn that milk into some cheese. <laughs> That's what it gets to a solid food, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> But no, so we we decided to come together tonight to talk about what is a Christian. Holding hands. Holding hands. And, <laughs> oh my gosh, you f- farted down in my basement. If it, if it didn't already need uh, yeah. the extra smells. I got some gas. Oh my gosh. So let's, 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 what is a Christian, Jason? Like, where do we go to for our, uh, guidance in this issue like what is like where do we find our definition for christian because i feel like you know you're a christian in in certain parts of the country in certain parts of the world you're a you have to have x y and z in order to be a christian so like especially down south i know this there's a there's this big problem of well my mom and dad are christians so therefore i'm a christian because i'm born into that that line you say you say other side of the world and i say other side of the street <laughs> because i'm just talking about all over the place yeah Every, everybody has their own it almost seems like nowadays especially in our completely polarized world everybody has a certain definition and if you don't live up to that definition you gone yeah <sighs> i remember so in flint you have many denominations in flint and like there was like this this thing where they wanted to get a bunch of the church denominations together and i'll be honest i was kind of like riding that spiritual high of like i just got hired on at a church yeah look at me 
uh, where I didn't want to be a part of it because I didn't agree fully with some of the other church's doctrine. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of thought it's they, all got to fall in line. I kind of thought there was there was not to point any fingers or to, I'll say it was mainly my fault, mainly my ignorance yeah. um, as a as a new guy on staff. But like, I, I guess I was just kind of like afraid that there would be churches out there that. I wouldn't say weren't Christian, but didn't line up completely with my theology, so they weren't worth my time. And I now realize that it's kind of foolish and stupid. And towards the end of my tenure at uh, the Flint Church, I I was reaching out to other churches and being like, "How can we do stuff together?" Because this 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 area of of our world, the 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 area that God has placed us in, needs Jesus. How can we get more people to see and hear about Jesus. Yeah, I know, like, when I um, was going to the super conservative church, I guess, you know, if you want to call it that, um, I wanted to desperately, like, take the words of the Bible and put them into action, like, mm-hmm. serve people, and I wanted to do something at Carriage Town. Like, I was just looking around, right? you know, the the city of Flint, what can we do? How can we chip in, you know, soup kitchens, whatever. I just start looking at stuff and I found Carriage Town Ministries and I went to the elder and I was like, hey, can we do something with, can we do something here? And he's like, um, you can on your own, but not as a church. We can't because the, you know, they don't line up X, Y, and Z doctrine wise and we don't want to be associated with them. We don't fully agree with X belief or that belief. And it's like, um, do we, do we believe in Jesus? (laughs) Like (laughs) that's the thing that kind of gets to. So like, let's, so yeah, we may disagree on certain doctrinal things, but are those people that we disagree with on certain doctrinal things, are those people Christians? Yeah, they would say, are we, are we see that? that I mean, I'm technically not a Christian at this point because I I know you're not because you're crazy. You have a letter of apostasy. Yeah. (laughs) But like, so for, for me lately, and I think that's one of the things that has, has kind of been part of my um, maturing in my faith and looking more to Jesus. You is, got rid of the tattoos. Well, no, I still have the tattoos. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, it's, you're, especially as we go further into, into it through the timeline, you know, Jason and I are firm believers that one day Jesus is going to come back. Yeah, we are firm believers. Like we are waiting for Jesus to come back. We cannot wait for that moment, but we know right before that moment, it, it might get kind of bad <laughs> from from our understanding of the scriptures. But uh, it seems like nowadays, especially, there's so much polarization and politiz- politicization. I can't politicization of politicizing. Politicizing is that of, the word? Like I don't of, even know. Maybe I don't know. I wasn't English. Major. Getting too wordy for me, Alex. Um. Because of all that stuff going on in our culture, it seems more prudent now than ever that the church, the whole body of believers, need to kind of put aside our doctrinal differences and say, what's the thing that unites us? Because that's the thing that we need to hold to, because that's the thing that's going to get us through the bad times. Yeah, to me, I'm at the point where I'm over the X, Y, and Z. I don't I don't care. Like, if somebody says, I'm a follower of Jesus— that I believe in Jesus, his works are amazing, or even if they're like, I want to get to know more, like, let's get on board. 
are especially if they're service minded like i want to be the hands and feet of jesus like what what can we do what can like like jesus was an awesome guy how can we mimic his lifestyle what can we do right like if if you're on board with that welcome welcome aboard i don't care about anything else and maybe Welcome to the First Baptist Church of Jason Duncan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like, I, I'm to that point. And maybe that's because of my background. Maybe that's because, oh, they have musical instruments. You can't, you can't do that. Or, oh, they have to be baptized, fully submerged. Like, that, you know, otherwise they're not saved. Like, and of course I have my own thoughts and my own opinions on different on different everybody has thoughts and opinions like everybody everybody has a foundation somewhere right i'm just saying when it comes to actually serving people i'm not going to let that get in the way because i've met some awesome people i've done some awesome works with people i've i've seen some awesome works be done um that i was told as a kid that can't happen like they believe x y and z like god's not going to work in their camp that's not the way to go. Actually, God was doing some pretty awesome stuff across the street. Right. And people have experienced Jesus. So so you're you're maybe saying, so like let's 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 start breaking it down. You're saying that part of being a Christian and what defines a Christian is service. Um I I would think so. I I would think I would agree with you. I would agree with you that part of the Christian life and part of what I think Jesus expects of us, because I think Jesus does has expectations for his church, his bride, the church. Yeah. Um, just like we have expectations of him, even though they're mainly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think he does have expect expectations for his bride, the church. And one of those things is I think to serve is to serve others. If you're a Christian, and maybe this is a bold statement. Maybe this is a bold statement, but I, 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 I kind of believe this. If you are a Christian and you're not serving as far as doing stuff for other people without maybe getting something back in return, like feeding the poor or caring for orphans or helping widows or what, you know, you can name the a service myriad. is pretty broad. Like it's it, pretty it, broad. It can, you, it, it can be anything at this point. It could be helping somebody change out a furnace that needs yeah. it. Yeah. And that's that's more pretty specific for me. <laughs> I know. But um, I feel like we, as Christians, we have to have that desire in, within us to do that. I, I think that the desire is almost given to you. I think that the moment you believe that you're sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians, chapter 1. Chapter 1. Um, Verse 14. And I think... I think the Holy Spirit will guide you into the life of Jesus. I think you'll become servant oriented. Like you'll you'll want to do those things. Hmm. Now you go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I can say I know a bunch of people who are not Christians who do amazing works, or who the church would just think we're the most super Christians if they actually claim that title. But they don't. They're not Christians, but they do amazing works for people. We had uh, 
John Diener on our podcast, on our our first Halloween episode. Ah, uh, yes. He's an atheist. And I don't even think he likes I don't even think he likes the distinctions really. Um but he he's not he's not a bible he, thumper for sure. And he wouldn't <laughs> yeah. But he he does some amazing stuff for the community of Flint. Yeah. More than I have as far as using his talents, using his abilities to um I want I want to say advance the kingdom to kind of drive the point home, but to to, to make the, people's lives better at, to the betterment at, at his of everybody. Expense. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's costing him his time and his money. And I mean, he's a musician who's made more money than I ever did making music. But still, it's it's he's sacrificing his time to do something for somebody else. Yeah. So using his talents, using his abilities. So but but what is the main difference? What is the main difference between maybe because it's not the service that defines us as Christians. We would claim the work in the name of Jesus. Right. Yeah. Which some people would say, that's pretty crappy. <laughs> like, they would. Like No, and I that that's one of the things... Is that the reason you're doing it? Is because you, you feel like Jesus is making you? And I would say, no. Like, no, he's, Jesus isn't making me. Are you doing it to gain face among your peers because you're part of a club? And they're doing it, and so you want to feel like you fit in. You really don't want to be there doing any of that. But you know so-and-so is going to start talking if you don't. And so you got to save face. I think I feel like a lot of Christianity is saving face. Yeah. There, and there it's, was, it's 100% fraudulent. Yeah. there's There was a part of me at one time that was just like, I have to do this, and I would pray like especially before I would like go on stage, and that's one of the reasons why I stopped playing at a at a particular church location because I thought I it was more about like my performance, yeah, not necessarily the fact that I was up on stage worshiping through playing guitar, and so I said my mind goes to this dark area too yeah. fast when I'm doing this, so I can't play here anymore. Yeah, and I'm really really sorry, and but thank no, the, I've the, struggled with this. The bigger the stage, the more of the production the scarier it gets for me. The, and the worship director totally understood and said, don't worry, I got you. And yeah. He, he won't schedule me again. Yeah. But so, yeah, but this, see, that's so a little bit of a rabbit trail here. That's why I think it's really hard, especially in 2018 to maybe evangelize to, to certain people like that, because they're doing something good already. And even though, and I've experienced these people in my life, like, they're doing something good, and when you tell them, if you if you got super spiritual and started throwing out, well, all your works are f- like filthy rags, they don't understand that. No, and that's not why you don't lead off with that. Don't don't lead off <laughs> with no. like, well, I just helped a old lady fix her leaky roof, but all your works are like filthy rags. <laughs> like that, yeah. that just doesn't work. I got challenged hardcore on like he's like, so if you helped a person cross the street are you just not going to do that anyway but now that you believe in jesus like well now i feel obligated to well i think that's why in america especially today it's a little bit harder to evangelize just because well one our quality of life is a lot better than around the world and so like people aren't relying on one on a community of believers to supply all of our needs like they did back in the early church 
So like that's that kind of gets a little bit harder to evangelize, but also at the same time, I think there's there's a certain level of morality that we're at now in our 2018 America where people have the ability because of finances or or time or whatever to where people can just help people out just because and it's almost like a, a community service or something that you just do in American life is you just help other people. That's certain mindsets. Now there's certain other mindsets. That's very much like, let me just get my own. I'm not going to deal with that. But what I've experienced is many people just doing nice things because that's just the way they were brought up. There's just the way they're, they're made up in their minds. And so when you tell them, well, Jesus, well, Jesus kind of, tells us to do good works they're just like well i'm already doing good works so why do i need jesus yeah and i would for the longest time i would i would argue that and say well that's because you grew up in a predominantly christian nation like this is like whether whether you're you're a follower of christ or not there's something in the fabric here that you're part of and where we derive those values from probably came from your grandparents' church upbringing right. along the way. I don't know if I would still make that today. I wouldn't make it. Because the church is rapidly disintegrating. And I think, I mean, we like, okay, so we're not Catholic. So it's easy for us to sit back and pick on Catholics. So when we see a negative headline, the Pope did this or this bishop did that, Right. It's easy for us to say, yeah, yeah. But I feel like not surprising, like but I feel like of late the evangelical church has probably taken as equally a, a big hit. Uh probably especially politically. I mean, whether they want to admit that or not. I think I think they've taken a giant hit. Like it's no doubt that right now as far as the the world sees it, the most powerful Christian in the world is Donald Trump, right? Is it not? He's the leader of a Christian nation, totally took the Christian platform. He did. Totally won based off the evangelical poll, the, you know, if the poll numbers are correct, the evangelical poll. So now all these are Christians elected this Christian and so that is, in 2018, that is the face of Christianity. I don't... Two Corinthians. Now, I was listening to uh, Sam Harris, who is um, a atheist neuro- neuro- neurologist. Thanks. I know. I, I've, I've listened to a couple of his interviews So that he's done with certain people. He's a super, super bright guy, and... The interview was taking a place as the election was approaching, and he was going to vote Hillary, uh, even though he did not like Hillary. He made that abundantly clear. He doesn't. Didn't, he, he was kind of like choosing the lesser of two evils. Maybe is that what, what his stance maybe was for his? Mind? But he even he was calling it out. He's like, oh well, Trump is he's going to use the Christians to get in. He's like, but most of my, like, I don't know any Christian who really believes that guy is a Christian. So here's the atheist saying, like, yeah, they know he's not a Christian. But it feels like, I know a lot of people who are struggling these days, even using 
the term Christian because of what it has been associated with. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of baggage. Yeah. It's no longer follower of Christ. I would feel like. And if it is, then people are looking at that as okay, that's your Christ. That's that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We're going to vote for these when like I remember after the election the word hypocrite just kept getting replayed over and over again. I I'm just I'm just going to say this. If you if you think Donald Trump is a Christian, I immediately lose a lot you lose a lot of credibility with me. Like yeah. no, just no. Don't even like a whole lot of my discussions with people And the Sam Harris nailed it. He's like even Christians they would say like, well, maybe like even the most optimistic, well, maybe God's going to do a work there. Like that's the best they could say about Donald Trump. I like obviously like you pray for your president because that's what scripture commands us to do is to pray for your leaders and all that, you know, all that jazz. I'm not, I'm not get going down that road and I, I don't want to get off on this rabbit trail too much, but it's just, I've had to do so much deconstruction for people. Cause as soon as I say like, I'm a Christian, it's just like, well, why did you elect Donald Trump into office? Like, it's almost like my fault that he got elected because just because I associate with Jesus, yeah. it's my fault that he got elected. And I'm like, what? that's why people want to drop the title. Well, yeah, I understand that. But it's like, no, like, yeah, a lot of it's it's just so I feel like so much of my like trying to talk to people about Jesus conversations post 2016 are first. I have to deconstruct the whole idea that Donald Trump is a Christian. Like You, you definitely do in a world environment like that's going to come up. Like, no, you, no, it you has talk to come somebody up. from another it country. It has come up. Yeah. In the conversations that I've had since 2016, it has come up. And I'm like, this is so stupid that I have to do this. Like, people won't hear the gospel until after I deconstruct this part of our American Christian life, if you want to call it that. It gets so, like, Christianity gets thrown, lumped in with everything Donald Trump does. So, Christianity wants to build the wall, Christianity wants to kick. He wants to separate children from their mothers at the border and send them back home or everything, everything negative that Trump does. Christianity is right there with it just because of the association. I think that's why uh, it it makes me cringe. Well, I think that's why Keith's book, Jesus Untangled, Jesus Untangled is, is really great. Yes, And I think that's why we like pastors all across the nation. Listen to young Alex Ryman here. You need to do a sermon series about how the kingdom is so much better than America, okay? Just do it. Yeah. Do Study, do it, put it out there. Because I think that's one of the big, and I talked about it in our last episode with Keith, like that's one of the big takeaways for me. Like, yeah, I really enjoy living in America. Like, you know, my wife and I are talking about our future plans and the fact that we have that ability to talk about selling our house and moving somewhere else. Yeah. And we have so many opportunities at our feet because we live in America. Those are great. But guess what? Jesus is so much better. And so I think we really need to, to get away from that. And I don't think just because you're an American, just because you voted for Trump, that is part of your, your faith. So not Divorce that, that not that we haven't been completely 100% judgmental already, because having this conversation, like, 
it kind of like puts on that fact. But what would Donald Trump have to do or say to convince you that he actually was a Christian? I completely, he has to use these words. I completely repent of my, I, I've taken all my sin, repent of my sin that I've done previously. All the stuff with Stormy Daniels. Uh, I, and I've apologized to her and the, the other women that I've hurt, I've completely repented because I believe in the saving work of Jesus Christ. That, if he said it just like that, I'd be like, that was the exact thing I told Jess while the elections were going on. The whole grabber by the pussy thing came out. Yeah. And they were having the, um, the debate, like, cause uh, that was released right before the debate. And I was like, he would get my, my Christian I'm using air quotes, but he would get my Christian vote. Like I would believe he was a Christian if he were to walk up to the podium and say, yeah, I said those things. I did those things. I'd done a lot of stuff, but now that I've found Jesus, my life has been transformed. I regret a lot of those things. I, you know, I'm here repenting and just gave the Zacchaeus type of repentance, you know, above, <laughs> above and beyond. And I, w- I would think the media wouldn't be able to use that word hypocrite. They would, they would use things like new creation. Well, I don't think they would use that word. I th- I, Probably, I would, like, well, obviously, I, I think they Christian hate it. I, I think they it, still but... hate him so much that they would just do whatever. Anyway, that's my own personal opinion. But, um, yeah, I feel like this episode is quickly turning into: Is Donald Trump a Christian? <laughs> As opposed well, to what is a Christian? Though that's that's an important distinction, I think. Right. I don't think he's a Christian. Sorry. No. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. All Canadian. I mean, you can be pro-life and not a Christian. I've, I've heard that before. It, it, it doesn't matter. And also, I think he's kind of playing to the base a little bit with that. But, um, yeah, so I used, I used two words that I think need to be discussed in our, in our discussion of what is a Christian. And okay. the first one is repentance. Yeah. So let's talk about that. All right. What is repentance? <laughs> Big Christian word. Yeah. You don't hear it a lot these days. To literally turn 180 degrees. Absolutely. Jason, have you repented of your sins? I have. Will you be baptized? <laughs> we watched Nacho Libre the other day. I love that movie so much. Yeah, not to say that I still don't make mistakes and still don't realize that I'm actively in sin mm-hmm. in certain areas of my life. Even if I acknowledge it or don't, I believe there's probably a lot lurking under the surface that hasn't been brought to light yet in my own spiritual walk. Like, I always feel like uh, once I got everything figured out, something else pops up. It's like, damn it. It's like the Holy Spirit <laughs> Samsonite. says. Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Holy Spirit says, and hey, now we're going to go to this area. Yeah. Not done yet. Yeah. And you see that with Paul. Like, you he wasn't complete. I personally think if you have an audio Bible and you listen to all of Paul's letters, um, preferable, preferably, preferably, if you can get them in somewhat chronological order and listen to the letters that he wrote first compared to the letters that he wrote at the end, you can see 
Paul's transition from hardcore legalistic Judaism to extending grace to every man, woman, slave. I mean, he, uh, I think he definitely goes through a transformation. And I think he says it in Philippians that he's not yet complete. Like there's still room to grow. I think we have a good example of somebody's life changing. Yeah, he's pretty harsh, like in Galatians, I feel like. I was going to bring that up. And then in Philippians, it's just like joy, rejoice. <laughs> yeah. I just got to imagine like every when he's during the while he's writing uh, Philippians, he's just like throwing glitter as he's writing like <laughs> joy, rejoice, <laughs> be one in Christ and unity. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. No, he definitely like uh, more so because I think it's just because like if you're listening to like an audio Bible, it comes at you a lot quicker, mm-hmm. especially if you just have the time to sit and listen to like. You're at work and you got four hours and you listen to it. You can really hear it then as opposed to to reading it. Mm-hmm. I think just like we talked about um, with Keith Giles last week that we, uh, the church is kind of doesn't discuss the Bible anymore. We just use it to prove points mm. and proof text. Just information. As yeah, case. we're not going to read like, oh, here's like a challenge. Like, well, let's use that as a conversation starter and let's like talk about what is going on here in the scripture. We don't do that anymore. We just end game. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I've got a verse for that. <laughs> I've got an app for that. I got a verse. I can prove anything. I, I want got an to. oil for I that can, for I, you yeah. essential oil people. <laughs> yeah. Your tummy hurts a little bit. Throw some peppermint on it. I got the salve for your eyes. <laughs> no. Um, so back to talking about repentance. So one of the things that you mentioned as well, Jason, is is that kind of realization that you have sin in your life and then the wanting to get eventually get rid of it. It may not be right away, but I think what defines us as Christians is the fact that one, we recognize that we have sin in our life. And two, when we do recognize that sin... It may take us a while, but we we want to repent from it. We want to turn from it. We want to say, Jesus, this part of my life is sinful. I want you to take it. Yep. And so that kind of brings up another word, uh, the word sanctification. Yeah, that's a fun one. <laughs> so we've, we've kind of been talking about that already, I feel like. Yeah. Paul being sanctified as he's growing. The it, hard part for me when we're talking about do you want to define sanctification real quick for people who don't I, know? I would like to define it because I remember one of my first Bible lessons I ever taught in Flint was on the word sanctification. Like we did like a church words yeah. series and kind of talking about some of the big words in the Bible like sanctification. Sanctify. Um, I, I define it as the lifelong process of becoming more like Jesus. Yeah, that's good. That's that's the way I, that's like the that. way I, I defined it in my class that I taught to all eight people that were there. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> not about numbers at this church. Nope. Not about numbers at all. Although our plays are really up there <laughs> looking for sponsorships. <laughs> You're bad. So I think what, def- one of the things that defines a Christian is definitely um, the, pro- the, the seeking to be sanctified. And I, I'll say this personally, I, I feel like I've, I've been kind of stuck in a rut a little bit about this, and yeah. I was convicted a little bit this 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 past Sunday by something that my pastor said in his Convictions. sermon. So 
um, and this this will tag in. I think wanting to be sanctified is one of the things that defines us as Christians. But I think the other thing that could possibly define us as as what is a Christian is um, wanting to see lost people saved. Yeah, and that's the thing that kind of got me. I was like, oh, I have that desire to to have that, but what am I doing to what am I doing more than just praying that the person would get saved? What am I doing more than more than that? Yeah, I probably wouldn't use the same exact language, but bring people into a relationship with Jesus. Okay. And when we talk about, because saved has a lot of baggage to it, too. I mean, we did that, Am, am I Saved, or yeah. episode with Doc, and I, I, I think there's a lot there. Um, But just speaking about sanctification... I think it's less something that you want to do and seek out correctly and something that more happens because the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of you. Yeah, that's another thing. Because I think it's, I think though, like uh, a lot of people will use the Bible as a moral like sledgehammer. Yeah. Like we're going to, we're going to beat this into you. Like you're going to believe this. <laughs> And if you don't, hell, you know, sorry. You get, you get hell, sorry. And and we're not quick to extend the grace like Jesus was. I mean, Jesus came in grace and truth. And But you got to have some grace. Yeah. Because it, it makes the truth a little bit softer to hear. And, and you know what? It depends on the background you came from, too. It's easy for me to say these things from the background that I've come from well, because it's, every, it's my every, working knowledge. of. That's it, why but. I think it's so important to build relationships with people before you share the gospel with them. Because you, I think, when you know somebody's background, if like for me, like knowing somebody came from an ultra conservative background and they see a lot of Christians as hypocrites will help me share the gospel with somebody differently than if they were like just complete atheists and that's how they grew up. They never, they never at any time in their life believed in a God. You kind of sound like Paul who would go to a new town and just kind of hang out for a few days before he started preaching. Crazy guy. Crazy, crazy idea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I feel like we're jumping all over the place. We are a jumping bit. all over the place. I think we're still couched in uh, under, what is a Christian? Because we're you, you we're exploring up, this thing on the fly. Yeah, you brought up Holy Spirit. You've said it a few times now, Holy and I think the Holy Spirit was maybe trying to nudge at you and say, "Don't forget me." <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't I don't like come that song until He's welcomed. I don't like that song. Like, no, can I be honest? I just don't like that song. I don't. Holy Spirit, you are welcomed here. Like I understand the meaning behind it, but it's kind of like, well, isn't the Holy Spirit? I love that song because you get to strum that big giant D chord right at the beginning of the chorus. Yeah. (laughs) You just heard giant D and you're like, where is he going with this? You said giant D. (laughs) Thanks, Jason. But yeah, I don't, I don't like that song. All right. We'll continue on Holy Spirit. So I, you, you said it best. You brought up the Ephesians reference, which is, I think, Ephesians 1, 14 or 15 or 16. It's in that general vicinity. Let's get biblical, biblical. The seal of the promise of the Holy Spirit. I, I, John 14 is such an amazing passage because, you know, Jesus just gets done washing everybody's feet and then it's just Jesus is going to talk for three or four chapters of John. Yeah. And he talks about sending the helper which I think is just so amazing that he does that. He's just like, I'm going to go. 
I know this is all shocking news. Judas is going to betray me too. Like it's, it's this crazy moment in the disciples lives. Jesus has washed their, their feet. They've all had the last supper together or they're currently in the middle of it. And Jesus says, I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm sending you a helper. And then you see the Holy Spirit doing, in the first two chapters of Acts, just doing incredible things. People are getting saved left and right. Scaredy Cat Peter is preach preaches a sermon, and 3,000 people get saved, and it's all because of the Holy Spirit. And he goes to the next town, preaches the same sermon, and almost gets stoned. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really hard to describe the feeling of the Holy Spirit to like, there's been moments in my life that I'm just like, that was a Holy Spirit thing. There's, yeah. there's no way I did that on my own, of my own ability. Yeah. And it's just, it's, there's even times it's like when I know that I've done something wrong, that I've sinned, and I get that conviction and that feeling of, I don't want to say guilt, but it's almost like a good guilt, like a, you know you did something wrong. Yeah. And I feel like that's honestly the Holy Spirit convicting the sin within me and it's like i gotta confess this or i gotta i gotta bring this before the lord or something or other i don't know (laughs) i'm just i'm just babbling now at this point because it's just this weird feeling of you're not alone yeah i guess you could say and when i do feel it and when i do recognize it it's one of the best feelings in the world and it's usually after the fact, like whenever I share the gospel with somebody and, I, and, and it's genuine and it's, it's, you're doing it out of love, not because you want a notch on your belt or anything No, like it's, that. it's very genuine. It's very organic. And it's just me maybe just sharing my story about how I became a Christian. Yeah. Just telling somebody my testimony, if you want to use that language. It's not until after the point I'm just like, holy crap. I just talked to a complete stranger about Jesus. Yeah. And the only the only thing that I think I can do, because I my, my immediate response is to like, there's a little part of me that wants to debate and wants to use the intellectual argument for Jesus. Um, that never works out very well for me. <laughs> the only thing that I think really works out well for me is when I've led by the Spirit to talk to somebody about Jesus and it's always in these really weird moments where it's like oh that just kind of happened very organically and somebody got to hear how Jesus completely changed my life yeah I you know you're talking about change maybe we're talking about repentance and sanctification and things like that and I think that is probably the most like I always used to especially growing up I always super jaded people don't change and uh, I'd still believe an element of that. I th- don't people don't change, um, except that they do <laughs> with Jesus. Um, I, you know, we did our episode on racism. We talked about our buddy who was a complete racist. He said he was. Yeah, he vocalized it. Yeah, he vocalized he it. He told a room full of mainly black guys that he was yeah. racist. And that's not how I know that guy. I know that guy from being at kids camp and helping you know little black kids get dressed in the morning with me like helping them get through the shower helping them get their food like and just loving like seriously like loving these kids Mm -hmm. and wanting them to have the best time 
you know, and a lot of these kids were inner city kids and, you know, they're, they never get that kind of opportunity to do what they do up at camp. No, I mean, you're, I mean, I'm not like a, a, I'm not a therapist or a counselor or anything of that nature, but it was painfully obvious that you could tell these children, some of them were being beat like in the most heartbreaking ways and to just love on them, give them food and, you know, try to be their dad for a few weeks or a positive male role. Uh, yeah. Model. Yeah. Anything. I mean, like, that's how I know that guy, you know, and and to me, you look at that and be like, that is real. That's like, that's changed. Like what else could do that? You know, that's the Holy Spirit. That's Jesus. That's somebody's life being transformed. So, Alex, you can tell we are Christian by our church attendance record. <laughs> if that's if that's what determines how I get saved, oh, yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> I'm not making it. <laughs> I've gone twice in like the last two months. Oh, sinner. Sinner. Um, oh, man. I think that's another thing that's that's interesting. And this is maybe just my, this is my personal belief from what I've read from the scriptures. Like, it's almost like what defines w- the reason why you're a Christian. I don't want to say it's not necessarily up to you, but it's like it's your salvation is not contingent necessarily on you. On what you do. Does that make any sense? No, it's totally contingent on the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. But I'm but I'm saying like so like say let's use this as a really bad example. Like I'm not losing my salvation. I'm not losing my identity in Christ because my church attendance is bad. Yeah. Or I didn't give my ten percent into the giving. Or I didn't share the gospel with somebody today. Yeah. And there's a lot of peace and rest in that because it's I don't have to worry about appeasing God with my rule keeping or being the super Christian who has the biggest study Bible on the planet like God saved me and everything is contingent upon Jesus yeah who said I'm not once you're in my hands once you're in the father's hands he's not letting go no and so like I know that there's some people that don't agree with that with that eternal security if you want to put a church word on it but i fully believe that and i think that can give us a lot of rest and hopefully that helps somebody out like who's maybe stuck in a legalistic situation where they have people saying no you have to do x y and z for god to for you to remain part of the club the christian club yep i've been there it it doesn't work like that yeah which is why i don't like putting those stipulations on people and if i do i do it almost unconsciously like i wouldn't even know how to describe that i i think so one of the things that i've been really really struggling with and alex ryman's going to get real a second so my grandma um had to have open heart surgery she's 80 so it's like for for a woman that old to have heart surgery it's a big deal yeah and during that time frame she she had a stroke so because of all the different medications they had her on, it just, and so now, you know, she's okay. She, she made it through the surgery, um, she, but she'll never be the same again. But during that whole entire time, I thought like the last time I saw her in the hospital before the surgery, I'm like, this might be the last time. Yeah. And 
I was just resting in the fact that she could just claim Jesus in the last hour. Yeah. And be totally fine that that one day I would see her again in heaven. Like one one day we'll be worshiping Jesus together for all eternity. And like it just it just brought a, a peace to me. It, it still kind of put the fire under my ass to be like we have to I have to share Christ with her. I have to yeah. share I have to have that moment where I can be like, Jesus loves you, but you need to repent of your sin, all, all this stuff. But Shauna and I were talking about it in the car ride. It's like, isn't it so incredible that in the last minutes of somebody's life, they can become a Christian yeah. or they can claim Jesus and Jesus will say like, yeah, you're, you're in. I love you. You're in for all eternity. Even though you've denied me your whole life. It doesn't take much, I feel like. It doesn't take much for Jesus to save somebody. It's because the work's already been done. It's exactly. <laughs> it's already been done. And it, I just think that's just incredible. So like when we talk about like, well, what is a Christian? It doesn't take a whole lot. No. It's my my personal belief is recognize your sin that you have. Turn away from that sin, but also believe in Jesus. Yeah. The hardest part is, I mean, from the judgmental aspect of like, was well, this person saved or not saved? And I would, I would even say about myself, like I used to judge people hardcore that I would say, no, no way that person's saved. And then I do those same things now. <laughs> Be like, wait a second. Me of five years ago would consider me now unsaved. That blows my mind. Yeah. Just because of a different way of thinking. Mm. Like, is that not crazy? Like, me of five years would can five years ago would probably condemn myself presently. It's it's almost going to and I feel like I have a closer, better relationship, more authentic relationship with Jesus now than I did back then. When you tear down when the I was walls. playing the game. Yeah. When you tear down the walls. And it's not to say that five years ago you weren't a Christian. No, I just, yeah, you're right. I, I, I believe I was as equally saved back then as I am now. It's maybe a maturity and it's maybe like, again, I'm, I'll say this. The, the further we go into human history from 2018 and onward, I think we really need to practice this, this idea of stop debating the, the doctrines. Yeah. Some of the doctrines are what I like to call first tier. Like I can't, if you don't believe this particular doctrine, first tier, like that Jesus is Lord, yeah, I, I, there's not a whole lot we can talk about. Like we all, I shouldn't say that. We let's can, do, we can okay, still let's, talk. Let's do first tier right now. First tier and remove all other tiers. Can we do it? Can we <sighs> do really it? Tough. I'm gonna challenge you. What's so first first tier? Well, our church is going through a series. We've got ten, and I saw ten. I was like, that's what I said. I was like, there would there's ten. Man, I've got I may, maybe I've got, three. Yeah. Okay. So what? What's 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 the biggies? Like, what's the? For me, the biggies is Jesus is Lord, and He's the only way to salvation. I'm I'm there with you. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I would vocalize He's the only way in an, like in a an evangelistic sort of in context we would get there right like i would jesus is the way i'm that but that's a first tier for me so like yeah. if 
if Jesus, some, Jesus, if somebody is was maybe Jesus who leaned is God, man in the flesh. That is that part of the is that part of the first first tier? I think yeah, I think the I think those would that tag, are you hand. tagging that onto the one yeah. that I just said? Yeah, I'm mansplaining because you got longer hair than me, <laughs> so I'm more womanly. Have you seen my thighs? Those aren't women's thighs. Uh. So, sorry, I derailed you. No, I, I'm having a hard time thinking of other ones, honestly. Because I, I think because, the the resurrection's a big deal to me. Well, yes, the resurrection that Jesus actually physically resurrected. Yeah, died it, well, died for Paul, our sins. Paul said that's a first importance. If if you yeah. don't have that, it's kind of really hard. To yeah. So, Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you, and he also rose. And he rose. Uh, I think that I think the resurrection is what gives you hope that sin has been defeated. Right, the ultimate consequence of sin is death. Death has been defeated because we can look a, at Jesus and new, say, "Jesus to, rose again." Yeah, a new hope. The way I the way I always try and explain it to Ada because I don't know how to explain. I'm still figuring out how to explain the gospel to a three year old because I've never yeah. really had to do it before. But like whenever we pray together, I always say, thank you, Jesus, for giving us a new hope and a new life in you. And yeah. so I always add hope, but also a new life. Um, so, yeah, first tier. We're back to the first tier question. So you, I said Jesus is Lord. That's kind of first tier. Um, you said the resurrection, believing that it's an actual physical resurrection. Yeah. That's, came, that's came first tier. Man, this is really tough. Which I would even go as far as say too that even in my early Christianhood, understanding that Jesus rose, like yes, I can say that. But the more you think about it, like a, and make it plain and simple, like a dude rose from the grave, like no, that doesn't happen. I think the Holy Spirit is at work then too. Like yeah, it did. Like I don't know how else to justify the craziness. I'm completely crazy. No, I'm, I'm going to go against all science and say that dude rose from the grave. He died for my sins. He knows me by name. When you when you actually say it out loud, like we believe in a Jewish guy 2000 years ago who it's was crazy. crucified, but then he didn't stay dead. You sound like that. I, and I'm going to orient my whole life around that. I remember in. Yeah, that's nuts. I remember nuts. in boss. Actually, that was one of the lessons that I taught was Christians are crazy because we believe in a resurrection. Yeah. So like that was, that was a really, not because I think I wrote, I think the Holy Spirit helped me with that, but (laughs) yeah. So we've, we've got two, two two items to, are you a Christian level, (sighs) level one tier? I want to say, no, I, I don't, I want to say this one, but I think at the same time, I think it may be like tier one and a half (laughs) tier 1.5. No, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it because I don't, because I think people who don't think like me are still Christians yeah. in the, in this particular realm. So I'm not going to say it. I don't think it's first tier. I think it's 1.5. Then once you get past tier one, those, that, those see, isn't that crazy though, that you once, and I, when, we, when we're, we are just trying to figure this out. I mean, we haven't had a time to put together a tier for you to, to give to you. Jason and I are just thinking, No, this all isn't it crazy that the first tier issues really come down to two things and it's both of them are, are in regards to Jesus. Yes. And five years ago, we probably would have had more things in tier one. Yeah. In tier one town. 
yeah. No, there's there's still some stuff that's pretty up there. But if somebody if I meet somebody and they say this is where I'm starting, uh we're we're golden. We'll work from there. Like let's go let's go be the hands and feet of Jesus. Like let's go serve. Like let's, you know, reassure each other. Let's build one another up in love. Let's get through some of the hard stuff together of this life oriented around Jesus. Let's go help people. Let's go serve Jesus. Let's, you know, let's get to work. You are contemplating. I'm trying. Are you adding a 1.5? I'm not. No, I'm not adding a 1.5. There are other biggies in there, but they're not tier one for me. Uh, and when I say that, once we once we start getting into tier two, tier three, we getting some of these these lower issues. Then it's to me, it's it's well, that, it's more of a personal conviction, personal theology, kind of people I'd want to camp out with. You know. Well, I was gonna say so. My my because tier one point five. I'll, I'll like say me. what it is: is the idea that your salvation is eternally secure yeah the re- that's probably because of the camp you came from that's from, from from the camp i came from but the reason why i say that is i think for people who don't believe that this is my personal opinion you can write email email us at notyourpastors.com if you completely not disagree. your pastor's podcast at gmail. gmail.com yeah our website if you no completely disagree with me because i don't mind i wouldn't mind talking about it i think it cheapens the salvation that jesus purchased for us if you think that you can lose it yeah Oh yeah, you're gonna open up a can of worms for some people, but I'm I'm happy to go right down there with you. I agree with you. I don't know if it's I, but I wouldn't I wouldn't put that as tier one because I think we can have that disagreement. I just think can I help you get to my perspective? And I know that sounds really like hasty, but I think I think it's more freeing if you think this sounds so so bad, but it, I think it frees you up so much more. If you realize that your salvation is not contingent contingent upon what you do, but what Jesus already did for you, yeah, I could just there. hear. There's some people who are screaming, "Well, what about the virgin birth? What about hell?" I there's there, there, I like, used to put the virgin birth in tier one. Yeah, I think if you just, I think it's important. I think it honestly is important. I think it's important. I think people can be confused about that. Yes, I think it's important. Like if you it, believe that a man rose from the grave for your sins, like. Hallelujah, praise be to God. We can work out other stuff later. <laughs> like You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like you believe you believe a dude rose from the grave and died for your sins. I can understand once you got to that level of crazy. Now we're going to talk about a virgin birth where you would be like, "Give me a minute on that." <laughs> you know? Well, I think it, it kind of it's important because it's important. It's important yes. because Jesus that that sets Jesus's birth aside from all other births that yeah. have ever happened in human history. It sets him up. It, it plays into tier one, no doubt. <sighs> yeah, it John, sets, John it sets MacArthur would actually put that as God as man. a def, as a tier one issue. I heard him talk about it. Before. A lot of people do. They put hell as a tier one issue. Believing in hell. Yeah. Annihilation, eternal mm. destruction. And then you get into all the caveats of different belief systems on, on hell. Maybe maybe this is a, maybe this is a better way to describe it as opposed to using the actual word hell, believing that there is a consequence for sin. A separation. A separation from God. Whether you think that's just 
you're annihilated or you burn in hell for all eternity. I think we have to believe... It sounds so bad, but I think there has to be some type of belief in the fact that your sin actually causes your consequence because if, if there's no consequence, then what's the point? So you're going to add, you would add hell to tier one? I would add believing or, or in a consequence for sin. And that consequence is however you read the Bible is separation from God. You see, I would... I don't disagree you, with I don't disagree with you, I, but that's a problem. We agree on a lot of things. We do, but we also so disagree on a lot of things. Uh, yeah, so I'm trying to come at it from different different angles. What was I gonna say? Um, uh, I lost it. Like here's an example of a tier two, tier two or tier three, wherever you want to put it in the tiers. Like so, Jason believes that women can be pastors. Yes, I, I do. do not. Yeah. I don't give a rip if if you're a female pastor, I I think you're saved. Yeah. Like I don't care that you 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 think you that you you can be a pastor. That's not my personal belief, but that's something I'm not going to split hairs over like Yeah. Cuz I know a lot of Well, I think you're a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> there are people saying that right now, but that's that's just where that's where I'm at. That's how yeah. I understand the scripture. That's that's where I'm at. And I am willing, because I have the Holy Spirit dwelling within me, Alex, to give you grace and let you figure that out on your own. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Let's serve Jesus together. Exactly. That's where I'm at. You know, if somebody, if a woman feels called to ministry, feels called to the pastor, the, the position of pastor, I don't give a crap over titles whether you want to say this is the women's ministry director she's the women's pastor she is pastoring people she is overseeing people who am i to say you know what this whole world's going to hell if we don't do something but please don't use that title <laughs> like that's where i'm at i know and i know there's a lot of nuance in that so there, that's, there that's i'm just leaving it at that only because I've heard a pastor recently kind of use that as as a way of like you know we as a church don't believe that we we won't elevate a woman to the office of pastor, but that doesn't mean we think that the people who do think that way are not our brothers and sisters. Yeah, and I thought that was pretty powerful for a pastor in that position to say that. Yeah, well, this goes back to the stupid song we sang at the beginning of this whole conversation. You can tell we are Christians by our love. And the church right now is so incredibly stinking divided. It's insane. Right. We'd rather use God's word. I know we talked about this last week. We'd rather use the teachings of Jesus. To beat one another. To, to pull one another down and say, no, 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 nope. You've got it wrong. You're doing it wrong. I love you, but I'm telling you the truth. This is hard. I'm telling you the truth in love. You're going to hell. Like, like I can say that, and I know you and I can connect dots, and we can say stuff, and whatever. There's people across town who think I'm actively going, like I'm actively going to hell. Mm -hmm. So then I have a hard time be like, well, how, what, what do I do? How, how am I doing that to other people? Because I'm not perfect. No, and that's how I reduce the, reduce the tears, I guess. I, so one of the things for me... The kind of, tier one, not like physical. For we, me, weeping tears. I, I feel very uncomfortable ever telling somebody or thinking that somebody is going to hell because yeah. they think differently than me on particular theological issues. 
the only things that would make me think that they are not Christians are those first tier issues that we've we've already talked about. Like, I have a family member that's very universalist. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that and kind of claims like Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, whoever. Yeah. As long as you got somebody, you're good. And I don't believe that. I I can't believe that. Sorry. Yeah, I could. <laughs> this is going to sound so bad. I could buy into that as long as Jesus wins at the end. <laughs> like, if Buddha leads you to Jesus. Well, I under yeah, I under I understand. Buddha that. sounds like a great teacher if he gets you to Jesus. <laughs> exactly, but I'm I'm saying that this particular person is not necessarily interested in a relationship with Jesus. This person is interested in you can have a relationship with all of them, and yeah. you don't have to necessarily say that Jesus is Lord in order to every get in. He will bow, Alex. <laughs> Every tongue wow. will confess. Wow. Jason, we are an hour or so more into this. Oh, man. What do you, how do you want to wrap, let's wrap it up because. Oh, gosh. Is there anything else like I wanted to cover right off the top of my head? I, I think it's a really, I think we live in confusing time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the. The church has done a lot of damage, especially when Jesus isn't ahead of it. Right. And that happens a lot. That happens at a ton of churches. Oh, man, I've been watching a lot of Elon Musk videos, and I feel like I'm, like, picking up on his cadence and how he talks. <laughs> Is that bad? If you start talking about AI, then then I'm going to get a little scared. I can. What do we do? Our, no, 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 no. Save it for AI as Christians? Save it for another episode, Jason. <laughs> save it for another episode. Is there anything you want to close to wrap up on? I feel like we've sufficiently <laughs> got nowhere. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for your time that yeah. you've given to Not Your Pastor's Podcast. I'm, I want to know what other people think about this. No, hit us up. On, it's a big deal. Hit us up on the social media. I guess for me, one of the main takeaways for me is there's not a lot you have to do to enter the kingdom. But the couple things that you do have to do are are not hard to do, and there's not many restrictions, in my opinion. Um, I would say if you have a relationship with Jesus, you're pursuing a relationship with Jesus, do not let anybody take that away from you. Yes. Um, That's what I said, just you said it better. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know... Like, there is a gay community of Christians who are followers of Christ. And whether they're living in a confusing time, whether they stand on, is it a sin, is it not a sin, I don't care. What I'm saying right here in this moment, if you believe in Jesus and you believe that he died for you, you believe in the resurrection, don't let anybody take that away from you. Mm. Don't let anybody remove that from you. Let's, let's work from there. And let's get going on it. Yeah. And I mean, I could use, I mean, gay is probably the easiest example that is relatable in this time at this time, but there's with anything like, don't, don't let somebody take your, your belief away from you is what, is what I would say. And then let's, let's work from there. Like you can like reach out to Alex and I, we can talk to you 
if you don't have community, my hope is that you can find community in in your local town, wherever it is. And I know for some people that's harder to come by depending on where you live, but we'll be community. Well, so people take to the Twitter. <laughs> oh my gosh. Add us on the Facebooks that we don't check that often or post to that much. Or send us a picture on Instagram. Yeah. We like Instagram pictures. Yeah. <laughs> my my latest picture of Keith Giles is kind of my favorite picture right now. It's could be the best picture we've ever put out as a, as a podcast. I just wanted to to emphasize the point how much that conversation meant to me mm. through a picture. I thought this this conversation was epic to me, so epic that it was cosmic, so cosmic that it was biblical. <laughs> and so biblical that we put a cat. In. <laughs> it's so biblical that we put a little kitty cat flying by Keith Giles. Well, Jason, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I, I feel more secure in my salvation now. This is what we do. Boom. Jason. Screw the podcast. We're friends. <laughs> Jason, I, I think the only appropriate way to end this episode is by talking about the Red Wings preseason. Yeah, I am pumped. You know what? They're going to suck this year. It's it's every Detroit team's curse. They do yeah. really well in the preseason, and then as soon as the regular season hits, it's like, hey, what happened, guys? Let's look. I'm, I've just I've fully embraced the rebuild. And so I'm just excited to see what people can do with where they're at. <laughs> To tie it all, to tie yeah. hockey back into it. To tie hockey back in. Let's, you know, use your skills for the glory of the Red Wings and and see. We, I'll give you room to grow. There's grace there. You know, you take a couple of penalties here or there. It's okay. You make a couple of mistakes. It's okay. I got your back. You are secure. You belong on this team. Until Steve Eiserman comes back as the GM and just completely it's overturns it and makes gonna, it awesome. It's going to happen. He's coming back. Gosh, I love it so much. Stevie, come home. So, Jason, what do you want to tell the Detroit Red Wings as they continue their preseason? Don't they have the regular season starts here pretty soon, right? Right around my birthday. Yep. Um, what do you want to tell the Red Wings and what do you want to tell Stevie Why? Steve? I'm speaking to Steve right now, and he's listening. We'll get famous enough where our podcast will meet him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, finish your work in Tampa. You know, you made a, you made a you commitment. You made a commitment. You, you made have a, to do it. Yep. And you fulfill that contract. And then, you know what? If you need to take some time off, be with family. It's probably why you're coming home. You know, be with family because your family never moved to Tampa with you. Take some time off. Take a sabbatical. Sahakical. <laughs> What's sabbatical and hockey mixed together? Take a sahakical. <laughs> Spend some time with your family and then come back to where you belong, where you started. Finish the legacy that you began. Let's keep that stick I'm on the ice. right now. Tears of joy right now gonna happen <laughs> the prodigal son has returned yes right about the time the ai comes and takes us all oh <laughs> shut up have a good one everybody Stevie, keep your keep your stick on the ice <laughs> <laughs>